For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Testimony of Yeshua. This is part 11 of the series. So now we've showed you the importance and significance of the Hokim and Mishpatim of the lawgiver. The northern kingdom was called to keep the Hokim and Mishpatim. They didn't do it. The southern kingdom was called to keep the Hokim and Mishpatim. They didn't do it. We saw that the Hokim are decrees by the one in authority. And they're to be followed because he has the authority to make decrees and rulings. And even though they don't make logical sense to us, we should keep them and follow them anyhow. His testimony, the Torah and the Ten Commandments are broken into commandments about how you love him through his hokim and how you love and properly treat other people, which is his mishpatim. So we've now established these principles. The last thing we're going to do in this teaching is we're going to specifically share with you a list of hokim in the scriptures, since we've laid out the importance of keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim, that this is a spiritual characteristic of the bride of Messiah, that she will keep the Hokim and Mishpatim of her bridegroom, the lawgiver, and his reward for her in doing so and showing faithfulness to him is she will live forever with him in the new Jerusalem. So let's look at a list of Hokim, which we are to follow if we love Yeshua and want to keep his commandments. So one is that the same Hokim and Mishpatim are for both Jew and non-Jew. So we see this in Numbers chapter 15, Verses 15 and 16, it says, One ordinance, this is the Hebrew word, hokim, shall be for you of the congregation, that is the native born, and also for the stranger that sojourns with you. That there is one hokim that applies to the native born and the stranger, the one that's adopted or grafted into the nation of Israel or a part of the body of Messiah, that that is to be a hokim forever in your generations. As you are the native born, so shall the stranger, one that's adopted and grafted in, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One Torah and one mishpatim shall be for you, the native born, and for the stranger, the one that's adopted or grafted in that sojourns with the native born as a part of the nation of Israel, and spiritually, it's the body of Messiah. So that is a hokim, that the same Torah is for both Jew and non-Jew. 
What are other examples of hokim in the scriptures? The weekly Sabbath is a hokim. We can see this from Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 13 and 14. Then came down upon Mount Sinai and spake with them from heaven, and he gave them right mishpatim, true laws, and good hokim and commandments. So, and given the Torah at Mount Sinai, it goes on to say in Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 14, and he made known unto them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, hokim, and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. So we can see here that the Sabbath is a hokim. So the weekly Sabbath is a hokim, but the annual biblical festivals we're going to see are hokim as well. The first one is Passover. Passover is a decree of the lawgiver that is to be kept. Exodus chapter 12, verse 11 and verse 14. And thus you shall eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial that you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by a hokim forever. So Passover is a hokim. The next we're going to see is that unleavened bread is a hokim. Exodus chapter 12, verse 17. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day in your generations by a hoke forever. So unleavened bread is a hoke, a decree. So Passover is a hoke. Unleavened bread is a hoke. First fruits is a hoke. We can see this. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10 and verse 14, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come to the land which I give unto you and you shall reap the harvest, you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest and you shall eat neither bread nor corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that you've brought an offering unto your God. It is a hoke forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Next, we're going to see that the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, or Shavuot, is a hoke. We see this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 and 16 and verse 21. And you shall count in you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even under the morrow of the seventh Sabbath shall you number 50 days, and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. And you shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy convocation unto you. You shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a hoke forever in your dwellings throughout your generations. Now, the Feast of Trumpets, or Yom Teruah, is not specifically said to be a hoke. Nevertheless, the Feast of Trumpets, it falls on a new moon. It's the first day of the seventh month. So it is regarded as a high Sabbath. And so it's a part of the Sabbaths, which you are to keep, which are chok before the Lord. And so we can see this in Leviticus and chapter 26 and verse 2, you shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. So keep my Sabbaths of which the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah, is a Sabbath. It's a high Sabbath. And then verse 3, if you will walk in my Hokim. So through this association and connection, we have 
Yom Teruah is a Sabbath, which means it's a hok. Yom Kippur is specifically stated to be a hok. Leviticus chapter 16, verse 29 and verse 34. This shall be a hok forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls and do no work at all, whether it be one of your own country or a stranger that sojourns with you. And it will be an everlasting hok unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. So the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, is a hoax. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 39 and verse 41. On the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a hoax forever in your generations, and you shall celebrate it in the seventh month. So we can see the annual festivals are all called Hokim. The weekly Sabbath is a Hok. Now we're going to see that the new moon is a Hok. Psalm chapter 81 verse 3. Blow the trumpet in the new moon in the time appointed on our solemn feast day. And then Psalm 81 verse 4. For this is a hoax for Israel and a law of the God of Jacob. So we have that one Torah is for both Jew and non-Jew. That is a hoax by the God of Israel. That the weekly Sabbath is a hoax. That the annual biblical festivals from Passover to Sukkot is a hoax. And that new moon and keeping it is a hoax. And additional Hokim that we're going to examine here is that you are to eat no fat or blood. Leviticus chapter 3 verse 17. It shall be a perpetual hoke for your generations throughout all your dwellings that you eat neither fat nor blood. Next hoke that we're going to cover is you're to give thanks unto the God of Israel after you have eaten your meal and are full. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 11 and 12. When you are eaten and full, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he gives you. Beware that you forget not the Lord your God in not keeping his commandments and his mishpatim and his hokim, which I command you this day. So why would the God of Israel give us a commandment to give thanks after we have eaten and are full? It's because it's human nature that when things are going well, we forget the blessings that the God of Israel bestows unto us, and we think it's something that we did is the reason why things are going well in our lives. And so because this is a tendency by human nature to then not give thanks unto the God of Israel, that's why he specifically gave commandment to give thanks after you have eaten and are full. Now we're going to cover some additional hokim. One is to avoid mixed seed in your field. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 19. And you shall keep my hokim, that you not let your cattle gender with a diverse kind. You shall not sow your field with mingled seed, neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon you. The spiritual principle is this. Do not mix the clean with the unclean and avoid spiritual mixture. This was the primary sin of the northern kingdom and the sin of Jeroboam, is they mixed worship the God of Israel with the ways of the world and Baal worship. And so the principle is avoid mixed worship, avoid mixed seed in your field. 
And then something that's not explicitly stated as being a hokim, but it would be a commandment that falls under that category, is that you're to wear fringes on the borders or the corners of your garment. This is found in Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 39. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and bid them that they make fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringes of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be a fringe that you look upon it to remember all the commandments of the Lord to do them, that you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a-whoring. Verse 40 that you may remember to do all the commandments and be holy unto your God. And then the final thing that we're going to cover in outlining for you and giving you a list of hokim in the scripture is that you are to not cut the sides of your head or your beard. And so this is a part of Leviticus chapter 19, and Leviticus chapter 19 outlines Hokim and Mishpatim commandments. So for example, Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say, You shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. Verse 9, When you reap the harvest of your lamb, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. Verse 15, you shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. You shall not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. So these are Mishpatim commandments. And then in verse 19, it says, you shall keep my hokim. And in specifying you shall keep my hokim, it repeats what I covered earlier, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 26, you shall not eat anything that contains blood, meat that contains blood. So then we have this commandment, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 27, you shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shall you mar the corners of your beard. Of course, the application of this commandment is open to interpretation because it specifically doesn't define exactly what that looks like. It just communicates the principle of it. And Leviticus 19 ends, Therefore you shall observe all my hokim and my mishpatim and do them. I am the Lord. And so in concluding this teaching, we've given to you and highlighting the importance of following the Hokim and Mishpatim of the lawgiver, that is Yeshua the Messiah, that what are some Hokim that he specified that in doing so and observing and keeping shows that you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. What are commandments, decrees that may not make logical sense to every person that they would think, oh, I need to do this. So we outlined for you that they entail keeping the weekly Sabbath, keeping the annual biblical festivals, keeping the new moon, that the same set of instruction is for both the native born and the stranger, for Jew and non-Jew, that you are not to eat fat and blood, that you're not to have mixed seed in your field, which I shared the spiritual application is participate in mixed worship, that is mixing the clean with the unclean, the things of the world with the things and the ways of the God of Israel. 
and that you are not to mar the corners of, you might say, your head or your beard or the hair that appears on the corner of your head. And once again, that also is open to interpretation as well. That what we wanted to share with you, the commandments themselves, and we want you to be led by his spirit regarding the application by which you might live them out because we follow his Torah by his spirit. So this is going to conclude this teaching on the testimony of Yeshua. And given that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, his testimony is his Torah and his Ten Commandments. And so the details of the Torah instructions are classified into commandments that are called hokim, decrees by the lawgiver that are not necessarily logical to everyone that would hear of them, that they would see a need or a rationale to do. The other category of commandments of the lawgiver our Mishpatim, these are commandments about how we treat other people. That there is a linguistic connection from the lawgiver and his commandments, which is his testimony, his edu that was given to the congregation of Jacob, the Ada, that they were to follow to be a witness aid of the one that gave these commandments, that is the lawgiver. And those who are willing to keep the Hokim in the Mishpatim of the lawgiver, that given that you first have to be saved by grace through faith, you will receive an inheritance in the, the highest form of inheritance in Yeshua's kingdom is to be his bride that will live and dwell forever with him in the New Jerusalem. So a spiritual characteristic of the bride of Yeshua is that his bride will keep the Hokim and the Mishpatim. We have the spiritual picture that first the children of Israel came out of Egypt and they were saved, redeemed, or delivered by grace through faith. And after they were saved by grace through faith, that they did not deserve that redemption, deliverance, and salvation, even though, and likewise, we do not deserve Yeshua's salvation that he offers us. Nevertheless, in his love and mercy and his compassion, he offers it to us, and we can have it if we repent of our sins and receive Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, that once we're saved by grace through faith, that we are to love him and keep his commandments. His commandments at Mount Sinai are his Hokim and Mishpatim. And if you keep the Hokim and Mishpatim, you will do and live. And do and live is associated with Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5. That the Hokim and Mishpatim are associated with doing and living. That if we do and live, we will inherit the land. So the Hokim and Mishpatim are called by Paul in Romans in chapter 10, verse 5, as the righteousness of the law, where Paul writes, For Moses described the righteousness which is in the law, that a man which does these things shall live in them. He's quoting Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5. Yeshua made reference to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, and Luke chapter 10, verse 28. And in doing so, Yeshua made the connection, the association of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength with doing 
of Leviticus 18.5, which is doing the Hokim commandments and Yeshua associated loving your neighbors yourself to live in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, which is keeping the Mishpatim, which is how we treat other people. And so keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim is given to his people so that they would be holy and righteous before the lawgiver in doing this. And so this is called the righteousness of the law. And so the righteousness of the law, keeping the Hokim and Mishpatim, does not save us. We're saved by grace through faith. We put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Abraham, the father of our faith, that his life example showed that because of his obedience to the God of Israel, that his faith was counted as righteousness. But after Abraham's faith was counted as righteousness, we see in Genesis chapter 26, verse 5, that Abraham kept the Torah of the one who called him and told him that if he would obey, that he would bless him. And so Abraham is an example of righteousness by faith. The children of Israel were righteous by faith when they were saved by grace through faith by putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And then at Mount Sinai, they were given Hokim and Mishpatim, which is the righteousness of the law, back to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 5, that after you're saved by grace through faith, if you then follow and keep the righteousness of the law through the help and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that this is the way by which you're going to receive your inheritance and inherit the land. And spiritually inheriting the land is doing the will of God in your life. And and when you seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and when you inherit eternal life, the word life in Greek is Zoe, in Hebrew it's high, it's the highest form of life that the God of Israel offers to you. And what's the highest form of life that he offers in his kingdom? It's to be his bride and to live and dwell with him forever in the new Jerusalem and to rule and reign with him in his kingdom and for him to dwell with his bride for all eternity. So the importance of keeping the testimony of Yeshua, his Hokim and Mishpatim, all of this is to give you spiritual insight to encourage you to pursue being the bride of Yeshua. So it's my hope and my desire that my life will be lived before the God of Israel, that he will say to me one day, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And he will honor me to be able to be his bride that I can dwell forever with him in the new Jerusalem. And that's Yeshua's prayer and desire for you. And that's my desire for you. And this was Paul's desire in his ministry that he would raise up a bride of Messiah. And so this is my hope and desire in sharing this teaching with you, that it would encourage you in your faith and it would encourage you to pursue to be the bride of Yeshua and live for him forever and with him in the new Jerusalem. So ultimately, this is the testimony of Yeshua that we are to be witness of him, that we love him, keep his commandments, and thus are able to be his bride and live forever with him in the new Jerusalem. Well, that's going to conclude part 11 of the series on the subject, the testimony of Yeshua. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.
Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.